Oh, what fresh hell is this? This is the Cigar Tipsters Podcast. Yep, and there's the product with some return. <laughs> I'm sorry, I had to, I was running all over the house looking for my uh, my headset. Am I coming in loud and clear now? Yeah, I thought you were going to say you're running all over the house looking for your balls. I was going to say your wife has them. <laughs> oh, come on. What? I just I, I just want to smoke a cigar. What's going on here? Oh. Welcome back. Thank you. Welcome Thank back, you. Kurt. All right, it is Cigar Tipsters episode 17. If you ain't figured it out yet, junior, senior, Kirk, Ben, uh, the whole damn gang is together for the first time in a good while. But we also have a special guest here with us tonight. The author of Sar- <clears throat> good Lord. The author of Cigar Blueprint and one half of my favorite cigar power couple, Mark Hall. Nice to be with you guys. Same here. And uh, before we get into the, the evening's itinerary, uh, Mark, go ahead and give us an update on how Blueprint is doing and what you guys may have coming up. Well, uh, things are moving along. We're doing very well. We uh, we had a nice uh, showing at the IPCPR and uh, opened in about eight more states, um, all the way up in Montana, out into California, um, kind of spreading out as we go along, and uh, got, got some events coming up. We just came through a really nice cigar festival uh, in Cincinnati this last weekend that was hosted by Jungle Gems, if uh, anyone's familiar with uh, the Jungle Gems locations. Um, had about 700 people show up for the first one. They were hoping, I think, for about 1,400, so they hit about halfway, but it, it was still a great crowd, uh, a lot of vendors there, good music and food, and uh, I'm sure it will just continue to, to grow year after year. Absolutely. It's, uh, we had hoped to get up there for that one, but unfortunately the, the schedules just didn't work out, and me hitting a motorcyclist didn't help either, but that's another story for another time. I saw the pictures. Yeah, it's, uh, they fixed it today. She, she's back to her former glory, but uh, it, it was a scary situation not knowing uh, what you were going to turn around and see after you, after you hit a guy. Absolutely. But let, let's talk about something more or, or less downer. Let's, let's get into some cigar talk. Uh, one of the things we I wanted to throw out here as a new segment on the show is I throw out a brand, and I want to hear everyone's favorite cigar from that brand. Uh, tonight, the brand we're going to do is Rocky Patel, and I'll start off with my pick. Mine is actually the Rocky Edge Habano. Now, I love the entire Edge line, the, the Maduro, the uh, Sumatra, all of them, but the Habano is, is my favorite Rocky stick, and it's also reasonably priced. So that that's kind of the two main reasons why I picked that one. Uh, senior, what's your pick? Well, uh, of the Rockies that are readily available, uh, the Decade is one of my favorites. That's actually what I'm smoking tonight. Uh, two that are honorable mentions, but they're difficult to come by anymore, was the Patel Brothers and the 1962 that Rocky did, I guess, after his birth year. But those are still, they're pretty difficult to come up with. How about you, Ben? I'm going to have to agree with that. I, I think, to me, the Decade is one of my favorites, one of the first Rocky Patels that I had uh, years ago, and it's been my top. And I think 
the decade is similar to one of the edges. I think just maybe just has a little extra aged tobacco. I, it's very similar to one of them, but that decade just struck a chord with me, and I've, I've been in love with that Rocky Patel ever since. Eric, what's your thoughts? Sorry, I was uh, touching on my cigar there. I think my favorite from Rocky Patel might be their It's a Boy, It's a Girl line. Uh, <laughs> okay. I'm not even a laugh. Not even a laugh. All right. I'll have, to, I'll have to warm you guys up a little bit next time. Is uh, that the thing they give out when mothers have children? You know, you get like a blue stick or a pink stick if it's a boy. Yeah, boy. yeah, the It's a Boys. Those it's are fan- <laughs> fantastic. Um, Wait, Jesus. I'll actually, I've got a few a few loves from Rocky Patel. If you made me pick just one, I'd have to say they're Vintage 92. And that one, that one comes with a story just because that was like the first cigar I ever had that really just like opened my eyes to cigars. You know, everything before that was kind of like, oh, I'm smoking something fun. When I lit the 92, I could actually taste flavors for the first time, and I think that's what kind of started my my love love affair with cigars. Um, if we're going uh, hard to find ones as well, the, their 50th anniversary the limited release that came out with the orange bands, uh, I mean, those are incredible. Expensive, but very, very good cigars. All right, and Mark, what's your favorite, Rocky? Um, I have to kind of agree with uh, Senior. Uh, I've always been a fan of, uh, of the 1961. Um, I, I just, it fits my profile of, of, uh, of smoking. Uh, I like the uh, Ecuadorian wrapper. It's got a Honduran binder, and uh, I think it's uh, Nicaraguan filler. Um, I remember smoking it for the first time when it rolled out in New Orleans, I think it was like 98 or 99, uh, I'm, I'm sorry, 2008 or 2009, I mean, and uh, I really enjoyed it. Um, I don't smoke a whole lot of Rocky stuff, I love Rocky, uh, but I just, that one is, I probably, that and maybe like the Vintage 90 or 92, either one of those, uh, I like both of those a lot, um, and occasionally I'll pick up an Edge Sumatra. Uh, but the 61 is, is one that I have tried to buy as many of those as I can, and, and particularly like in the uh, Robusto or Corona size. You know, uh, Mark, tonight, Mark, I was going to say, one, one that's worthy of mention, too, that's brand new, not sure if folks have had a chance to try it, is the Prohibition. Oh, yeah, yeah. It's very I think, good. Yeah, that one is coming out. I would say with a lot of uh, a lot of gusto behind it. I've seen a lot of comments in the cigar blogs that I follow saying, you know, I'll, some folks were kind of done with Rocky Patel and then they tried the Prohibition and now they're back on the bandwagon. Yeah, I have to agree with that. I, I, I'm glad you brought that up. I, I had forgotten about that one. Yeah, I do like that a lot. You said something interesting there, Kirk. You said that you had people who were done with... Rocky Patel, but they were coming back for that particular stick, and it it comes to a subject that we've kind of talked about a lot lately, and that's brand perception. And I'm curious what you guys think. Are the big brands, your Rockies, your Gurkhas, your Alec Bradleys, whoever, are these guys that used to be the darlings of the cigar industry, are they, are they being left behind in favor of the boutique blends? Uh, ben, what do you think? I wouldn't say they're being left behind. The way I see it is that the they've been established over a long period of time, so they have a loyal following, and I think there's still going to be a percentage of people who will buy those brands no matter what. They've been doing it for years, and they just sort of 
that's always in their humidor. But it's the younger boutique brands that are hungrier and I think are more modernized in their advertising uh, and to get with the new generation that's coming out for smoking cigars that's able to capture that. So I would say it's, you know, you've got an old dog and then new dog trying to come up and, and, and you know, assert the dominance in the cigar industry. So uh, I just see that vitalization of passion behind the new boutique brands uh, that I think are eventually slowly going to turn into a major brand. Room 101 is a classic example. Start off really small, but they keep this trend going. We're going to be one of the out there. So, sure. just what I see. I have to say, you know, Camacho is a major brand owned by Davidoff, of course. And it's something I hadn't smoked in a long time until I smoked what I'm smoking tonight, and that's the new Camacho barrel aged. Uh, the tobacco is aged in bourbon barrels for, I believe it's a couple of years, actually. But this is the third one of these that I've had, and they are absolutely fantastic. It has brought me back into the Camacho circle. So, Mark, are you getting a lot of, uh, you know, is there a bourbon taste? Yes. It, it, it's not to the point that you would call it call it an infused or a flavored cigar, but there is definitely that hint of bourbon flavor that just hits the back of your palate. And, Senior, I, I think you agree with me on that particular sentiment. Yeah. It, it, now, it's nothing like your Maker's Marks or something like that that's infused with it, but it is, uh, there's there's a faint hint of it uh, in the background. So if, it, um, it would be awesome with a glass of bourbon. So if, if you smoked that cigar but you didn't know what it was and no one told you that it was, you know, in a bourbon barrel, would you still be able to pick out the bourbon or would it just taste like a, uh, a unique spice or something like that? In my opinion, there's enough of a bourbon flavor for you to say, okay, that that's a bourbon, that's a whiskey, you know, something something in that that range. Okay. So the, the reason I'm asking is, um, you know, I haven't tried one yet. Uh, I'm not a big liquor guy, uh, so I'm wondering if I'd enjoy it. But I will say that um, it, some of you guys are familiar with Perdomo. They have a 20th anniversary cigar. Uh, it comes in sun-grown and Maduro, but it's also, they, they aged the, the wrapper leaf in a bourbon barrel for 14 months after it's been cured and aged and everything. And that, that is one that I enjoyed, and I would say that it has, only because someone told me that it was aged in a bourbon barrel, am I able to say, yes, I think I can taste some bourbon spice or whatever, you know, something that makes me think of bourbon. But other than that, it would be completely, I don't know, I guess just novel. Uh, how, how does it compare to the Perdomo 20th anniversary, if at all? Uh, well, I haven't had that one, so I can't speak to that specific uh, question. Last but... burner. You, you have two. Didn't you smoke that at Patriot Cigars all the time? Uh, you're confusing me with someone else, I do believe. Oh, one of my more handsome customers, probably. Well, No, I didn't smoke it either, Kurt. Oh, okay. <laughs> well, darn. <laughs> Truthfully, you know, now that I'm sitting here thinking about it, I've had very few Perdomos in my cigar uh, career, I, I may need to branch into that brand. All right. Well, let me just let me, let me just say this: since I took you guys down this tangent, that uh, if you do try the uh, the Camacho barrel aged and it has too much of a bourbon flavor on it, 
for your enjoyment. Uh, reach out and try the Perdomo 20th anniversary. I really like the Maduro. Uh, it's also aged in a bourbon barrel, but it does not have a strong bourbon flavor. To kind of tie back into what Ben was talking about with the topic of the major players versus the boutique blends, I think, in my opinion, and it may be some of the circles that we run in, but the boutique guys are out there. They're the ones that are hitting the cigar festivals. They're the ones that are hitting places like Chattanooga Tweet Up and, you know, uh, a lot of things like that. That Some of the big ones, it really don't bring their guys out. You know, you might see a rep, but the chance of you seeing Rocky Patel at Chattanooga Tweet Up is slim to none. But a Matt Booth or... Uh, some of the other guys like that, you know, yeah, they're they're showing up. Eddie Terrazona is another one. Oscar Fred. from GTO was GTO. there. Yeah, right. Fred from Nomad. Johnny from Vicarious. It, you know, on the same line of thought, guys, what I was thinking was when everyone starts their cigar journey, there's a few places they're going to go. You know, it's going to be Grandpa's Humidor or it's going to be maybe Cigars International or something like that just because they don't know how else this works. And if you go to Cigars International, you're going to have a Gurkha at some point. You're going to have a Rocky Patel and a Monte Cristo and a Red Dot Cohiba because they seem to work those into every single one of their samplers. And if you're going to Grandpa's Humidor, he probably has, you know, some of the old classics as well, Partagas and, um, you know, whatever else I'm forgetting. Um, so I'll just say that you know, I, I think the further people get into their cigar journeys, the more they start recognizing those boutique lines, the more they start seeking them out versus if you're fresh into it, you know, you're probably comfortable smoking one of Gurkha's 50 selections or one of Rocky Patel's 50 selections, uh, and you're okay with that. That leave right, you guys? Well, you oh, know, oh, there we go. No, you're fine. I was just kind of laying out, see if anybody had anything else they wanted yeah, to add before. Yeah, I'd like to uh, add a little something to that, I think, as well, as far as the, um, you know, the, the, ma the major brands. I mean, you know, certainly Rocky is in that group. Uh, I think he's probably in the top five manufacturers of cigars in the world right now, um, just on volume. But uh, when I think of the big box brands, I think of like, you know, Macanudo and, and uh, Monte Cristo and, and Punch and those kind of cigars. Um, they certainly they certainly have their place and they and they're they're I mean Macanudo's is still the number one selling cigar in the in the country. Um, but I think what's happened is um, with the boutique brands, you're seeing a really unique branding approach to those cigars and what I mean by that is you have cigar celebrities now um, and you have people like you know uh, James Brown from Black Label, uh, Matt Booth obviously um, uh, and even I put Rocky in that you know obviously um, and and those those are the kind of cigars I mean you see it all over social media uh, in the magazine print ads um, and, and I think those are making tremendous inroads, not only because they're, they're small batch and they're really good quality cigars for the most part, but I think it's because of the branding. And I think people 
want a face to connect with their cigar these days. Um, a good example of that is also with, with one of the largest companies in, in, in the cigar industry uh, with uh, General Cigar. I mean, they've got two powerhouse celebrities now, and they're, you know, actually three, uh, you know, uh, Michael Giannini and Rick Rodriguez, and then now they've pulled um, Sam Lucia in. Um, so they see the value of that as well. Um, I, I think that the boutique brands are definitely strong and are growing um, in awareness, if nothing else, because that's what's out there. That's, that's the faces that you're seeing today. Um, you're going to have your stores that still continue to turn people on to what they know, whether it's Monte Cristo or or uh, whatever. But but the, the I think the stores today that are really hitting the, uh, the the new smokers, as I like to think of them today, the 20, 30 somethings, um, they're going after the boutique brands because that's what's connecting. I, I, your opinion on that? I think you're right, actually, Mark. That's a great, uh, great observation. And I'd also say too, with the, um, with how connected the young cigar smokers are, the 20, 30, even 40 year old, they're all connected to Twitter, to Facebook, to blogs. And if they're interested in cigars, they're gonna go out and seek what what their peers are smoking. And their peers, because they're connected, they're getting exposure to all these new boutique lines. Where in the past, I mean, you smoked what Grandpa smoked because that was all the exposure you had. You smoked. The, one of the five cigars available at the cigar store. Now, I mean, we've got the world at our fingertips, and we can order any boutique from any state, you know, at the click of a mouse, and it's really easy to find people who are willing to share their opinions on them. So um, that was a good observation, Mark. Uh, not to go off on a tangent, but one boutique brand that I've seen you, Kirk, and your brother Ian smoking a lot of lately is Crux. Uh, Tell me a little bit about that brand, if you don't mind. Oh, you know me. I like to talk. So, uh, <laughs> Crux is, um, Crux, you know, the reason the reason I'm such a big fan of it, honestly, is because it was started in Minnesota here at a, a, at a shop just in my hometown, actually. And, um, you know, down the same line of what we've been discussing, you've got some 30-somethings who love cigars. You know, they, they've, they've owned the shop, I think, for 10 years now. And they went out, they they put the work in, they blended these cigars, and now they're using every form of marketing and social media possible to get their brand name out there. They, they did a contest last month that I've never seen anyone else do, and I think it really helped get their name out there, but it was called, uh, the name of the contest was 5 for 30. And what they did is they gave out five cigars a day for 30 days. And all you had to do to enter was, like, you know, retweet or something like that, uh, which... <laughs> Little side note, and I'll let you guys comment once you make my, my side note here, but I'm getting a little sick of these contests where you have to, like, go to Instagram and, like, um, go to Facebook and retweet ten times, email ten friends, stand on a foot, and, like, you know, send a light signal to the moon to qualify. <laughs> um, I, whatever happened to the old, you know, like like our page to enter the contest, you know? Well, and I agree with that because some of our earliest contests on Cigar Tipster, you know, you you had to like our Facebook page, you had to uh, follow us on Twitter, you had to follow us on Instagram, all the you had to do, you know, retweet and Facebook and you know, give us the blood of your firstborn, you know, to get <laughs> entries. And 
and finally it reached a point where I'm like, okay, just retweet the damn tweet and you're entered. You know, I, I'm like you. With these contests, the easier, the better. The more complicated it is, the less likely I'm going to mess with it. I agree completely. Yep, same here. Um, now, one thing that I've started doing that I didn't used to do is I've started smoking a lot in the mornings, uh, like between 8 and 10. Uh, am I alone in this weird little adventure, or do you guys smoke a lot in the mornings too? First thing we do in the morning when uh, when we get up, uh, Yvonne and I, we put on a pot of coffee and we light up a cigar. And by the way, she sends her regards tonight. She could not be with me, but uh, she said, hey, from page 45. <laughs> <laughs> and, and tell her we miss her and uh, hope to see her again soon. Absolutely, absolutely. But no, it's a, it's a ritual. I mean, uh, we start the day that way, um, and uh, I re we really look forward to it. Um, uh, I, I tend to I tend to start with something a little light and move my way up throughout the day, and then kind of taper off again to something light in the evening, um, because I smoke so much throughout the day. But uh, uh, Yvonne's kind of a powerhouse smoker. I mean, she'll she'll start right off the right right off the bat in the first thing in the morning with uh, something that's definitely full bodied, and and she pretty much stays with that all all day and all evening. Yeah, no, I, I'm kind of. I'm on your ticket on that one. I, I like to start with something light, uh, usually kind of in the Connecticut range. It doesn't necessarily have to be quite that light, but I don't want to get knocked in the face that early in the morning. <laughs> I hear you. Well, I, I'm kind of on Yvonne's ticket, I guess, because and I, I've been smoking cigars for 25-plus years, and I, I've found that the cigar I like in the afternoon is typically going to be the cigar I like in the mornings. Uh, now, I do smoke a wide range from a mild Connecticut up through, you know, uh, full-flavored cigars. I don't really like the full strength. Medium to full is as far as I want to go on the strength scale, but, uh, you know, the flavor all the way up to full is fine. And... Uh, like I say, I'll, I'll start early morning, which driving a truck, a lot of times, you know, my day starts 5, 6 o'clock in the morning, so not really in the mood to eat breakfast at that point, so I'll grab a cigar and a cup of coffee and head down the highway. I've actually just right. recently got into the, the morning cigars. For me, it's a little bit different. Um, I, I usually smoke in the mornings on the weekends, and it's because... You know, the kids aren't up yet. The wife is still trying to catch some Z's. It's not a million degrees outside. And uh, it's actually really peaceful, you know. Um, so I've really enjoyed my morning smokes. And I, I'll grab whatever I'm in the mood for. I don't, I don't really pay attention much to strength these days. But, um, you know, I'll grab a Mountain Dew, which is my, my version of coffee, and a, uh, and a good cigar. And I really enjoy the morning cigars, to be honest. And... Benjamin, are, are you still there or has Kinball purchased you? I've been raffled off. <laughs> I've been raffled. No, I, I've been working my way this summer. Just slowly but surely working my way into morning cigars, and I've sort of, I like the mild to medium in the morning, cup of coffee, something like a Hoya, the Nicaragua, you know, cabinet or an H. Upman cabinet, even a brand that my uh, local cigar shop recommended, Montesino, is a brand I haven't. Apparently it's been around a long time. Didn't really know much about it, uh, but it's a great morning stick. So 
it, it really is a good, slow, easy way to start the day, you know, kind of gather your thoughts, plan your day out, things like that. Uh, I, to me, it's definitely worthwhile. Yeah. And actually, the this is going to make for a decent segue, but uh, all too often we hear about cigars being paired with bourbon and whiskey and rum and this, that, and the other, but what are your favorite non-alcohol cigar pairings in terms of what you want to drink? And Mark, I'll let you start us off on that one. Uh, for me, uh, I'd, I'd have to say probably black coffee. Um, I, I just love the, the pairing of, uh, of black coffee with, uh, with a cigar. Um, and even, uh, I mean, hot or cold, uh, iced coffee, uh, I, I just, I, I really enjoy that. But if, if I'm looking for something other than, than coffee, um, non-alcoholic wise, uh, you know, I heard, I heard a, uh, there was a uh, kind of a, a study, if you will, uh, a poll that was taken among cigar smokers a few years back as to what their favorite non-alcoholic pairings were for cigars. And the two top drinks were, uh, and, I, and I tend to agree, uh, the two top drinks were uh, root beer and, uh, and orange soda. And I don't know exactly the, the, the reason for that. I think probably with the orange soda, soda I can see that with, uh, with the citrus kind of base there. Um, but uh, I, I, enjoy, I enjoy all three of those, coffee, um, root beer, um, or orange soda, uh, and I and I'm with uh, I think it was it was Kirk that said uh, Mountain Dew. Um, I like Mountain Dew, and I think it's that citrusy thing there as well. And just to spin off root beer for a second, has anyone tried this? Not your father's root beer that I've seen a million times in the past couple of weeks. Yes, uh, I'm really glad you brought that up, Junior, because uh, I want to go on record saying that that stuff is terrible. <laughs> I agree. I agree. I agree. I had it too, and I did not like it at all. I am but, not sure what the fascination is. Uh, I mean, it is way too sugary, way too syrupy. Uh, I don't think it paired well with a cigar at all. Uh, I don't. I don't know. I'm just. I don't get it. I don't get what the fascination is. Is is it beer? Is it root beer? I, I don't even know exactly what it is. It's a a high. It, it's I guess. An ale, I think, but basically it tastes like root beer, but it's like 10% alcohol. Uh, okay, so it's it's basically spiked root beer. Yeah. Yeah, but I've it's heard, like it's really syrupy. I've heard a lot of comments thrown out there that it was like licorice, and if yes. you like licorice, then you would you would like it. Otherwise, now you're probably not. It does have I a real that. licorice characteristic to it. But I want, I want to go back and, uh, and actually add one more drink to the list of things. Um, I'm glad you mentioned root beer. I'm actually sipping one right now. I've also had a lot of luck with uh, cream soda being a really good pairing for cigars. Well, here here's an odd one, and, and I wasn't going to throw it out there, but since you all are throwing cream soda and orange and all this other out there, the other morning... Uh, Actually, it was the first one of those uh, Camacho barrel aged that I tried. I happened to have a cup of hot chocolate. Sometimes when I'm out of just coffeeed out, I've had so much coffee, I'll get a cup of hot chocolate. And I got that at the truck stop and then decided to light the cigar after. 
and was amazed at how well they paired together. But my thought on pairings is if the first thing is you got to like what you're drinking. I mean, whether it's alcohol or not, but throwing an alcohol out there, you know, you'll hear a lot of people say that uh, cigar and scotch is just absolutely fabulous. You know, a single malt scotch. Well, I don't like scotch. And I've yet to find one that I liked, so I'm not going to like that pairing. So I think it comes back to drink what you like, find the cigar you like, and chances are they're going to go well together. It's a good point. And I think also, you know, chocolate in and of itself, you know, I, I like to eat chocolate a lot of times when I smoke cigars. Chubby. Especially if... <laughs> oh, yeah, come in with the fat jokes. Just because I said your wife has your balls in a jar, you got to call me fat. You started it, man. I did. Okay, fair enough. Anyway. The only one that's going to like sweet tea in the morning, or is that just an odd thing? I'll do sweet tea every once in a while in the morning. Okay, sweet tea is horrible. I, I don't understand the South's fascination with sweet tea. I'll tell you a strange pairing that you may, depending on the part, I, I guess this is available all over the country, but have you guys ever heard of Yoohoo? Yes, oh, yeah. I love Yoohoo. Oh, yeah. Yoohoo is an absolute fantastic pairing with a cigar. Um, I don't know why. I mean, I, I guess I do know a little bit about why. Um, you know, chocolate in general um, is, is such a uh, prominent kind of, characteristic that you'll find in tobacco, uh, whether it's like a cocoa base or maybe a, a baker's chocolate type of quality, but and it also is somewhat of a palate cleanser, um, and uh, so I think that's one of the reasons why it kind of it kind of lines your palate back up in between the puffing of the cigar, um, but Yoohoo, believe it or not, is an incredible beverage to pair with a cigar, <laughs> as silly as it sounds. Yeah, I'm. You've tempted me. I'm going to the store to buy some music tomorrow. <laughs> uh, I'm gonna buy my time again. on the next podcast. Oh, come on, bring it, bring it, bring it, Minnesota boy. No, it's it's all right. So I'll throw this one out there too, uh, for those young guys out there, like me, you know, young and handsome. Uh, Monster energy drinks are yes. actually pretty good with uh, with cigars. Good God. Monster energy drink? <laughs> yeah, that's. <laughs> yeah, I'm kind of against that one. That, that's got to be a northern thing. Uh, I don't know. I see it a lot. Uh, monster. I mean, it doesn't have to be a monster, but I guess I would just say energy drink in general. And I'm gonna go ahead and tie it back to something that Mark Hall said, where you find a sweet drink, um, you know, it's gonna enhance the sweetness in the cigar. Monster drinks are made for dissolving rust, and I'm starting. <laughs> it is just shot of what anyone else would consider to be rocket fuel. Okay. <laughs> How about Red Bull and a triple Lajero? There you go. Yes, now we're talking. Yeah, that's a way to start the morning. Yeah. Rocky Patel aneurysm line. <laughs> <laughs> All right, let's uh, let's give the uh, the one percent their piece of this podcast. Uh, Davidoff is bringing a new store to the Atlanta area. Uh, being that I'm not that far from Atlanta, I'm kind of excited about that. But uh, huge. Not only and they're building their largest Davidoff store in the world is coming to Tampa, Florida. So 
some big things for Davidoff in the southern half of the United States. You've seen the pictures of it online? What it looks like? Yeah, yeah, it's freaking insane. It's the most extreme Barnes and Noble setup I've ever seen. So educate <laughs> me, educate me on this a little bit, guys, because I'm not that familiar. But I mean, is it all Davidoff cigars? Yeah, as far as I know, you know, Davidoff has their. Uh, well, it's Davidoff and the brands Camacho. that they own, so you can see Room 101 and Camacho and stuff like that. But I mean, do they even be- have? Do they even have enough cigars to fill? I mean, I know Davidoff has a decent amount of lines and such, but I mean, how can it possibly yeah, fill do. anything that big? The one I can, I mean, I think they do. Yeah, I think between all their all their brands, they they can fill it out pretty good. Okay. You know, in, between, in between the diamond crested uh, wall hangings and whatnot. Yeah, and they're in there. What is it? A five thousand dollar humidor that only holds fifty cigars, I think. Right. Well, that's you cheap bastard. That's only a thousand dollars per cigar. <laughs> yeah, my bad. <laughs> well, isn't that the one that you can get uh, refilled up to five times a year, but you have to pay for the sticks? No, that's Padron. Oh, Padron's the one that does that. Okay. Yeah. Well, and, and of course, with, with a Davidoff Lounge membership comes the Davidoff Concierge service, which is basically a butler for you. Wow. That's pretty awesome. Well, I got a hot I got a hot tip for you about the Davidoff Lounge. Um, I was having a talk with uh, with Mike Hunter of uh, Burns, and uh, you know they have that Davidoff Lounge in the downtown store, and um, and he was telling me that um, a lot of guys will come up from Atlanta and and get their Davidoff membership with his store because uh, I guess the price is quite a bit less. And then once you have that membership, you can actually attend any Davidoff lounge in the country. Um, well, and so the interesting you, thing. Yeah, so if you're going, sorry, to, go going to join a Davidoff lounge, you might as well go up to Burns and, and, and sign up for about $250 a year and uh, or a month, I think it is, and, uh, and, uh, instead of $1,000, and, uh, and then take advantage of the savings that way. <laughs> My... My only issue with the Davidoff lounges and some other cigar stores here and there in larger cities is dress codes. You know, I don't, I don't want to put on slacks and a button down to go smoke a cigar. I don't know what everybody else's opinion is on that. Yeah, I prefer the Room 101 lounge where you don't have to wear clothes at all if you don't want to. <laughs> <laughs> I think Davidoff is presuming that if you're going to be able to afford that lounge, you obviously must be a white-collar job of some kind to be able to afford that. So I think that's trying to maintain the keep up with the Joneses personification. Well, there's a there's a shop in Atlanta called the Cigar City Club that has a, a similar dress code to that. It's not a Davidoff lounge, but uh, the Cigar Guys uh, radio, Doc and Alan, are going to have a live remote there next week. And I noticed one of the uh, requirements for coming was slacks and a Collared shirt, and we 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 don't have those sorts of things in Alabama. Yeah, I was gonna say, you you have a bolo tie, right, Junior? No, I prefer bow ties. They're cool. Oh, bow tie. Okay. Bow tie yeah, and, and cowboy boots. And that was a Doctor Who line, and I'm pretty upset that nobody caught that. So. <laughs> does the, does flannel does flannel count as a collared shirt? Well, it does, it does technically have a collar, so. <laughs> As long as you iron it. 
<laughs> so then overalls and Hawaiian shirt are out. Is that right? That's not... We're not yeah, off my way getting in there. Oh, funny story. I was in Little Rock, Arkansas two weeks ago. I'm sorry. At wet, yeah, <laughs> at West End Cigars in, in Little Rock. And I was sitting there talking to a guy. We were having a conversation about superheroes and movies and crap like that. And that's me. What? No, no. Uh, but, yeah, the, him and Ken Ball would have been like brothers. I mean, but, damn it, I lost my train of thought. Uh, superheroes. Oh, yeah, we were talking about superheroes, and then he was like, yeah, I met Oscar from GTO. Have you ever met him? And I was like, yeah, I met him at TweetUp. And he was like, I was at TweetUp, too. <laughs> he wasn't quite as exuberant as what I just was, but... Anyway, long story short, we were both at TweetUp. He came over from Little Rock, you know. So if you ever get to go to TweetUp, go to TweetUp. I thought you said this was a funny story, Junior. Uh, I don't. Did I say it was a funny story? <laughs> yeah, I think that's how you. Left. I got a funny story. He said. Okay. Lead into the Jedi lunchbox, but well, anyway, let yeah. me back it up. And then here you got. A, and then you got diarrhea. A, yeah, here is a mediocre story about my trip to Little Rock. <laughs> and I don't even remember why I brought it up now because Kirk fucked up my train of thought. Thank I'm you, sorry, Kirk. I do that a lot. Hey, let's go yeah. back. Let's go back to uh, bashing Davidoff a little bit. So, okay. uh, you know, nothing, nothing against Davidoff, but I will say this: that you know, and maybe Davidoff has diversified enough with with Camacho and Room 101 because those brands are much different from the Davidoff line. But uh, I would just say this: that the cigar industry is changing. You know, it's no longer the white-collared hobby that it used to be. It's no longer monocles and top hats and uh, white gloves sitting around sipping uh, what, bourbon and talking about the stock market. So my, uh, my advice to Davidoff, if they give a crap, is, uh, you know, lose, lose it. T tone it down a little bit, I guess. You know, let's make it accessible to everybody. Uh, let's change with the times and, and make sure that we're including, uh, including everyone who wants to participate. And not just those who uh, who have fat wallets. Um, ju just in case anyone from Davidoff is listening, anything you were gonna send to Kirk, just go ahead and send to me. It's okay. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Darn it. Uh, Lost out there. We've already alienated Gurkha. Let's not do it to Andrew Estates over the Swisher Sweet thing. So let's not alienate Davidoff too. Do you think Davidoff, by working with like Camacho, and is that their way of what loosening the time trying to get with? The younger generation who don't, you know, who aren't doctors and lawyers and spend thousand dollars a month for for a lot. I think that's their way of trying to infiltrate that market. I think so. I think so. I mean, look at look at Davidoff's latest releases. You know the, you know the Davidoff Nicaragua that came out a few years ago was a little more accessible. I think the price point was just under twenty bucks. Um, oh. But but now they've got the Davidoff Churchill line, which I think is twenty five thirty dollars a stick. Um, versus you know Camacho, Camacho and Room One Hundred One, you're sitting at eight or ten bucks probably. And the, the new Oscuro line is not uh, terribly expensive either. It's in that same range as the Nicaragua. And don't forget about uh, Cusano. I mean, when they acquired Cusano, that was kind of their way of trying to get into the real, you know, the budget side of cigars. Yeah. True. Yeah, I, I agree. I think it's them di diversifying their portfolio because I think Davidoff, I don't know if Davidoff in its pure form could survive the current cigar industry without having the Camachos and the Room 101s. They need something that's 
accessible to the average Joes like Kirk. <laughs> Very um, average. Very average. And not, you know, just like you're saying, you know, we all smoke some high-end cigars from time to time, but I know from what Mark is saying, he smokes several cigars a day. I'll smoke sometimes three, four cigars a day. You know, I can't smoke four $20 cigars uh, every day. So we've got to, you know, what with Davidoff, what they're doing is trying to go across and fit everything in there, I guess, now. but I'm, I'm poor. I can't smoke four $20 cigars a month. <laughs> well, I think that's what Drew Estate did, is they were looking for the poorest of poor and going down to that Swisher's. Crowd, yeah. Oh and Lord, that's diversified portfolio. They're going, I mean, just all over the map here. Uh, they gave us mileage for years with that one, though. Yeah, I, we we could we could butcher them on that one for years. They, I'm sorry, but if if you partner with Swisher International, you had to see it coming that that you were going to take shit for it. You are partnering with every Philip 66 gas station in this country. <laughs> So, Speaking so, of which, I'm beginning to see a lot of the little single-packed punch and Macanudo uh, in truck stops now. Now they're still running seven, eight bucks a piece, but uh, those the are the little sing single humipack one. Yeah, I've seen those too, actually. Well, and Drew Estates does it a lot with the uh, the acid line too. Is I've that a real them. cigar? Yeah, it's close. Oh, okay. So yeah, well. You, Say that again, you broke up. Have you had any of those? The Macanudo two-packs or whatever? I've tried a couple of them. I'm not a big Macanudo fan. Now, the punch is not bad. Um, and surprisingly, that little Humipack or whatever they've got it sealed in does very well at keeping them on the shelf. Yeah, you know I like those those uh, a lot actually. I mean, it, it makes cigars more accessible, and uh, in an industry that's like constantly under attack and you know risks shrinking, uh, the more we keep cigars in front of people, the more people will start smoking them, and the more you know weight we'll have behind our industry. So I'm a big fan. All right, in uh, some new cigar news, Rocky Patel has partnered with Ray Lewis to, they're getting ready to release the Ray Lewis Legends 52 coming out of Rocky Patel. Uh, give me two seconds here. Didn't, didn't Rocky Patel also partner with some baseball player a while ago? Yeah. Oh, God, I can't remember his name. But the, this cigar is going to be medium and body because apparently that's what Ray Lewis enjoyed. It's got uh, Nicaraguan and Honduran fillers, um, two binders, one Mexican, one Brazilian, and an Ecuador Habano wrapper. Now all that stuff mixed together sounds great, and a 65 by 52 on the size. They're going to retail for $12.50. A uh, little pricey, but I mean, I'll admit I'll try it. But I, I don't know, twelve fifty is a hard price point for me. I guess uh, the only. Go ahead, Kurt. I was just gonna say, my question for the group is this: is is the fact that Ray Lewis? I, you know, I love football. I really do. I don't care which team you play for. If you're a good player, I appreciate you being out there. Is the fact that Ray Lewis's name 
because his name is on a cigar, do you think anyone's going to go out and buy it just because of that? Because I, I mean, I'm I'm in that hell no category. Yeah, I'm I'm with you in that category. I don't I don't really care for the NFL. I like college football, so I could give two fucks about Ray Lewis. But the the ingredients of the cigar interest me, so I'll buy it for that. But yeah, I the the football branding, the name behind it, to me means nothing. But I guarantee you, there are people who are fans of Ray Lewis or fans of the Baltimore Ravens that will buy boxes of those cigars just for that reason. And okay, I, but let me destroy Junior's statement there of looks good on paper because the A-10 by Rocky Patel is a, looks like it would be an incredible cigar on paper. It sucks. I'm sorry. It's two of the edges that should have been a, a great barber pole. It sucks. <laughs> Sorry, Rocky. We still love you. Oh yeah, I, mean, you know, I still love the decade, but you know well, that one. No. And that that brings me. I I read a lot of people's blogs and tweets and everything that was coming out of IPCPR, and I was seeing they wouldn't necessarily name brands or particular cigars, but you know they were saying that cigars that were coming out of these major brands that were just terrible. And I think Mark didn't you even mention that somewhere along the way? Yeah, I, you know, um, and you don't have to name anybody. Just I'm talking yeah, generically. I, no, and you know, I mean, I know you have to kind of walk delicately on some of these things, but I, I'm not a fan. Um, I mean, like Ditka and uh, when Rocky did the the cigar with uh, with Gary Sheffield. Um, I mean, I really don't know what those guys bring to the table when it comes to blending a cigar. I guess it's probably nothing more than just you know, branding again, like we talked about earlier. Um, I, I doubt very, very much whether or not Gary Sheffield or Dead Curry, those guys, really had a whole lot to do with any of the cigars that ha that bear their name. Um, it's probably a business venture. Um, they may enjoy and love cigars, obviously, but but I, you know, for me. I guess I'm a little old school when it comes to some of that. You know, I mean, I want I want a cigar blended by someone that really knows what they're doing when they're blending a cigar, um, not just not just somebody that will lend their name to a cigar. Uh, I mean, you could you could take any cigar in the in the warehouse and put somebody's name on it, and does that make it their cigar? I mean, I you know I, I don't really I don't go in for that myself. Um, God bless those that love that, but I just um, you know, it's all about it's all about the quality of the cigar, and I'm kind of a cigar purist, I guess, or maybe a, a bit of a snob when it comes to what I smoke. But, um, but I just I don't I don't I, you know it, it even comes down. I'm I got to be real careful here, but it even comes down to packaging and things. I mean, I don't go for a lot of the gimmicky stuff. Um, I mean, I think you may buy something once because it you know it looks like a boomerang, but or whatever. Um, but are you going to keep buying it? You know, um, what are your feelings on that? Uh, what you just said brought me brought something to mind. Has anybody ever tried the the three cigars that are twisted together? I'm I'm delightfully curious about that. Not to Ooh. sidetrack too much, but totally a gimmick. Yeah, that's kind of what I wondered. I mean, it just looked like. I mean, it looks cool, but it's like okay. 
is there any real point to it? You mean the Colabra? The little three little cigars are tied together? Yeah. yeah. Never tried one, but I know, that, I mean, you know, we can learn the story of how that came to be, but I don't know if they're going to be any good. But back, to your, back to your question, um, Mark. Um, I think you're absolutely right. You know, the, the true cigar smoker is not going to care whose picture is on the box. Uh, but I will say that a lot of people are drawn to the flashy cigars. As a, as a former cigar shop owner, um, I will say that the cigars that looked the best, and I'll just, I'll just throw Gurkha out there, not saying that the cigars aren't good, but they spend a lot of time on, on marketing. Um, their cigars were easier to sell sometimes because they came in a really cool-looking cigar box or because the bands were big and gold. Um, you know, I, I would even throw out Foundry, Foundry cigars. They have some really good cigars, but they are also a little bit gimmicky. You know, they have that cigar that comes with the cog on it, um, which absolutely does nothing to enhance the flavor of the, of the cigar. It just looks cool. But I will say that the guys are... We're easy to market, too, because... You know, when you go to Home Depot to buy, I don't know, a push broom, if they sell a push broom that's like yellow handles with like zebra stripes on it or something, we're probably going to buy it because, oh, that looks cool. But it's no different than the plain Jane green handled push broom. Uh, you you want to know a perfect example of this? Kirk if you bring up a vacuum. is <laughs> obsessed with Dyson. <laughs> that's different, man. That's like That's like the Cadillac of vacuums, okay? Don't uh, don't take that away from me. <laughs> <laughs> but but I totally agree with what you're saying. I mean, if we bought based on branding alone, we would all be smoking a Gurkha right now. And and like I said, no slight towards Gurkha or anything like that. It's just as cigar smokers, eventually you you get past the flash and the branding, and you think, okay, you know this this cigar might be in a plain black black box, but it's Light years better than anything else I've tasted. Look at look at Padron. Padron Absolutely. Uh, they have some of the simplest bands out there, uh, and by far one of the best cigars on the market. Kurt, I was just I, mean, I was even. just thinking that. Yeah, when you said that, Kurt, I was thinking like the two thousand, the three thousand. Um, you know, yep. a very very simple, very affordable, but so consistently good, you know, just an incredible cigar, and they, and they just, they never change, but you know what you're getting when you buy it, and it's, and it's an awesome cigar, you know, look, I, I get it, you know, I understand, it's like food, you know, you eat with your eyes first, you smoke with your eyes first, uh, it's got to look good, it's got to be appealing, um, and, but, you know, there's got to be substance behind it. For sure. Well, one thing, going back to the Ray Lewis thing, I, what I'd like to see, and again, this is because you know I'm a big football guy. So, what makes sense to me is if the Ray Lewis cigar was just released in Baltimore, you know, if it was a regional thing, and maybe in Minnesota they had the Adrian Peterson cigar. I'd go out and buy one Adrian Peterson cigar just to give it a shot. Um, you know, make it regional, but don't don't expect uh, you know with the Ditka cigar or the Ray Lewis, don't expect the rest of the country to jump on that bandwagon just because there's a name on on the cigar. And, uh, and, Mark, you made a point earlier. I'd much rather see a name like Don Carlos or Fuente or Pete Johnson or you know, any of the huge names out there that we know blend awesome cigars. I'd rather see their name on a cigar and know that that was blended to their tastes. I would buy that in a heartbeat. 
Exactly. Exactly. I mean, if I had a, if I had a cigar branded for Ohio State, I could sell them all day long in Columbus. Um, I mean, you know, th there'd be no question about it. But whether or not that cigar would sell all the way across the country, maybe I don't know. If you're, you know, if you're a college football fan, probably so. Um, but again, it has to be to me. It has to be something that is is worth buying over and over. Anybody can do a one-off and 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 never get a reorder. But you've got to have something that people are going to want to buy again and again. And and Junior, you you started this uh, this segment by by mentioning that you know Ray Lewis has medium-bodied tastes and blah blah blah. I just I would just say whatever to that. You know, I don't trust Ray Lewis's palate any more than I trust someone else's. Um, whoa, taking off on my motorcycle here. Yeah, <laughs> you know, we're outside, so it's a little noisy. Well, that's okay. But I was just gonna say, I mean, the fact that if, if Ray Lewis had anything to do with that blend, if anything, to me, that detracts from the potential, because um, I don't trust his palate more than, like I said, anyone else off the street. Yeah, I mean, a good example is the Invictus cigar from Trey J up in Ohio. I mean, when you throw a guy's name behind it like Jose Blanco, pretty much, thank you, you motorcycle-driving jackasses, uh, you, you pretty much know with a name like Jose Blanco behind the cigar, it's probably going to be good, and it's going to be something that I want to try. For I sure. That. I would try just somebody who is in that industry, and I mean, I wouldn't want Jose Blanco being a linebacker for the Ravens, so keep your linebackers. <laughs> One doesn't really, I mean, yes, you have money and you can actually afford to start your own brand, but I don't think you know anything about tobacco. You know more about football. That's what you do. Leave Jose Blanco to us. <laughs> the only brand that I've had that's a, uh, that's a gimmicky cigar that's actually really good is called The Bush. I don't know if that's sold everywhere or not, but at least it's in my store just because of our coach, Butch Jones, who apparently is going to be the new savior of Tennessee. Good luck with that. Um, but it's a Davidoff cigar. It's just less expensive because it doesn't say Davidoff on it, but it's actually a very good smoke. Again, it, I don't care that it says so much on it. I, don't, I graduated from there. I don't give a shit. The cigar was good. If you took the band off, I'd still smoke it. So I'm facing it based on like what everyone's saying. The quality, construction, flavor of the cigar. I really don't give a damn who it's sponsoring or who funded the thing. I just that's the quality of it is what I'm after. Sure. So. And before we start to wrap up tonight, I want to give a shout out to our friends in Atlanta, uh, Gary Doc Layton and Alan the Cigar Savant Friedman. Uh, they do the Cigar Guys radio show on AM 920 The Answer in Atlanta Sundays. 11 to 1, uh, 10 to noon for Central Time, Pacific Time. Fucking figure it out for yourself. Uh, they do a great radio show. You can hurf along with the show on Twitter. We love those guys. Uh, so show them some support. Uh, you can get it on TuneIn Radio if you are outside of the Atlanta area. And I also want to, again, plug the Cigar Blueprint as... Uh, Without a doubt, it's one of the best pieces of cigar reference material that is currently available. Uh, I carry it around with me most of the time. You know, it's got great definitions and uh, just great explanations about sizes and tobaccos and how they're rolled and how they're harvested and all this great stuff. So get out there to your local tobacconist and pick up a copy of that. And if they don't have it, 
uh, Mark Hall, give them some information about how they can get it to their local tobacconist. Well, they can always go to our website, uh, cigarblueprint.com. Um, you uh, you can request us, uh, you know, send us a, an email request, and we'd be happy to contact your local tobacconist. Our goal is to really serve the B&Ms, but uh, if you're in an area where you can't find it and you want it, you can order it through our website, or you can go to Amazon and get it. Um, we've got a couple other really cool accessories with it now. We have the uh, uh, leather dust covers, which are doing really well, and we've got a guy out of Cincinnati who is just a true uh, leather craftsman, uh, Andrew Lee. Uh, he does everything from cigar cases and uh, accessory cases to uh, to actually doing a, these one-off covers for our book that are just gorgeous. Um, and we have uh, a great relationship with Zycar, so we now have the um, the Zycar um, cigar blueprint cutter, which uh, will cut everything from a small ring gauge cigar all the way up to I think probably maybe one of the, the big 80 ring gauge sticks, um, and uh, that's also available. But uh, very much appreciate being able to promote the uh, the book through your podcast. You guys have been wonderful to us, and we. Yvonne and I both really truly appreciate that very much. And we, yeah. we want to continue the education process. I think it's important that people understand what really goes into making a great cigar and and and, and being educated about your passion and your hobby of smoking cigars is I think super important. And uh, so that you know that's our our piece of the uh, industry and we we love that. Didn't I uh, also see, Mark, that you uh, now have a relationship with CRA? Yeah, we, we've had that all along, but it's now actually it's taken a little while to get things off the ground with them, but uh, we, we are now available through their uh, online store, um, and basically you buy the book through them as a donation, and the money goes through them, and uh, we help support them. I am a CRA ambassador for Ohio. And uh, so we've, we've always kind of set it up to where the book would help to fund that cause. Uh, but now it's becoming more and more. They're getting ready to do a, um, a press release for us in one of their regular newsletters. And I encourage everyone, if you're not a member of the CRA, to get out there and, and, and join the CRA. Uh, they're doing a tremendous work to help to keep us available to enjoy this passion uh, that we have. They're fighting for us every day uh, in order to make sure that uh, the FDA and, uh, and that the, the government in general does not take away our freedom to enjoy this, this all-natural uh, you know, uh, uh, product that we, that we have uh, at our disposal. I mean, I, I think it's, it's amazing to me that something that's totally legal is is banned in so many ways, and um, uh, it's uh, it's something we have to actively fight every day. And uh, the CRA is doing a great job, along with the IPCPR and the local states that have set up their own individual versions of that with their retailers. Uh, you know, we're continuing to fight to make sure that we can enjoy this uh, this gift that we have in in, in premium tobacco. Absolutely, and www.cigarblueprint.com if you want to find out more information or get a copy of the book. And be sure to check your local brick and mortars for the book also as it's getting into more and more stores across the country. 
coming up on our next podcast, we'll have Jerry Garrett of Trey J Cigars out of Ohio. He'll be on the show with us. Uh, so look forward to that. I want to thank Mark Hall for being here with us tonight. And on behalf of Ben, Kurt Sr., and myself, thank you, and we hope you enjoy. I like to do with you guys.